You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I said last night on Packernet After Dark that we were going to end on a high note. No more negative nonsense. Here's how we ended yesterday, and here is how we're starting today. Ah, uh, yeah, first time call, long time listener. The Packers are going to dominate. Aaron Rodgers will throw so many touchdowns. All good things will happen. All the negative stuff people are saying is all lies. The Packers will win. I don't know if he's being serious, but it doesn't matter because we're going to take it and we're going to run with it. That's what we're going to do. But guess what? It gets better. It gets. Yes, it's just Positivity Sunday, but we're going all in today. I'm telling you right now, this defense... Defense is going to be different this week. I got something else I want to play for you. This is Joe Barry's press conference. We're going to play a couple clips. It's all basically the same thing, but it's all really good stuff. Actually, you know what? Let's start with this because it's, uh, it's a better way to kind of, you know, build up to it and whatnot. This is Jair Alexander um, talking about the game plan, the defensive game plan against the Jets. Um, I think with this game plan we got here, it's, it's pretty flawless. So um, a lot of adjustments were made. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just time to execute now on our end. So, first of all, I have learned to take everything Jair says with a grain of salt. There was also a clip about him and, and Aaron Rodgers kind of hugging it out. I'm not going to play that or get into that because I don't know if he's being serious. Um, he kind of take he, everything seems like he says is a joke. This is very specific. He says they have a flawless game plan and a lot of adjustments were made. Now, that might just sound... You know, we, we, the point is, we've heard this before. Changes, changes, going to be lots of changes and changes, and we're going to change things up, and we're going to find, just like with the run game, right? Well, yeah, we got to find ways to get them the ball more. We need to do that moving forward, blah, 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 and they never do. So what are you talking about changes? It's very vague. It doesn't mean anything. Let's dive into it a little bit. Matt said Monday that there are times to be more aggressive in coverage. Why hasn't that happened? So much off coverage Sunday, and is that a priority for you to change? Absolutely, and I think we have the guys that can do it. Um, absolutely, you know, I, I think every situation is different. You know, we are not, we're, we're not just going to go, you know, play bump and run press man coverage every snap. That, that's, that's not the system that we run. But we do have to pick our spots, and we do have to be much more aggressive at times when, when we can be. Um, and as I said with one of you guys when you asked about the, the, what I think of our group, I, I think we have an elite special group that can go get after people and go challenge people and get in their face and, and be aggressive. And, uh, and we need to do that. Now, again, 
We've heard this sounds very similar to the running back thing. We got the guys. We got to be able to do it. By the way, this is exactly what I've been saying. It's exactly what everybody's been saying. We have the guys to do it, so why don't you do it? Now, again, it still comes down to he's going to have to make that call. He's going to have to be the one to say, let's get aggressive here, as opposed to let's stay off. We'll see. We'll see if they do it. But Jair seems pretty excited about the the amount of changes that were made and the fact that it's a part of the game plan this week, not just let's run it back and this time I promise we're going to call it, you know, I'm going to call a couple more aggressive plays during the game. It's a changed game plan. Jerry Alexander played maybe 50 snaps off the ball. I can't believe that he chose to do that. I mean, I'm assuming that that's built into your coverages. Is that the best use of his talent? No, I mean, Jaws, I mean, Jaws an elite corner. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, there's so many things that go into, obviously, the call, the coverage call. Um, but then the, the down and distance, the split of the receiver, whether he's in a cut split, whether he's in a normal split, um, those are all things that factor into, you know, specifically when you're talking about the alignment and the leverage of a corner that factor in. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that, and we've looked long and hard at that this week, that being able to allow our guys to, to be aggressive and go get in people's face and... Um, you know, I, I think we have the guys to be able to do that, and we can do that, and we, we will do that moving forward. Boom. That's what I wanted to hear. That's it. Because, again, he answers the question exactly as we want it, and then the way he, then when he keeps talking, it's like, ah, you're losing me a little bit. Um, I mean, the, the very first word out of his mouth. By the way, very pointed question, which I appreciate. Uh, the, the media folks here are not pulling punches on Joe Barry, and I'm glad about that. But especially The Rock, you know? Yeah, I called him The Rock. Don't worry about it. He's the original The Rock. He's, he's, just a, he's just a good dude that everybody likes, but he kind of just punched Joe Barry in the mouth a little bit. 50 snaps of off coverage. Is that the best use of Jair Alexander's talents? First word out of Joe Barry's mouth? No. Now he goes into, you know, it depends on what they're showing us and all that, which is BS because that's the exact same thing our offense does. No, we got to get our guys more involved. However, you're not understanding. You with your little pea brain don't understand. I know Joe didn't say that and Matt doesn't say that, but that's the point is you don't understand, you know, what we see things and have to make adjustments and adjust to what they're doing. BS you do. You play your game. Don't worry about that. Well, the way they're lined up, we have to do this. No, you don't. But again, the way he came back and ended it is everything that I wanted to hear from Joe Barry. We've taken a long, hard look at it, which doesn't mean much. We've heard a lot about that in the past. We've looked real hard at that. That was a classic Mike, Mar- Mike, Mike McCarthy thing. They look at stuff real hard, and they're, they're going to make some changes. But he said they looked real long and hard at opportunities, uh, being able to allow our guys to be aggressive and go get in people's faces. And I think we have the guys to be able to go and do that, and we can do that, and we will do that moving forward. Now, here, here's, here's the bad part. Okay, if um, if Joe Barry does do this sort of relinquish, if you will, the uh, the defense to the defense, that is to say, we're starting to see him say, you know, this is not what I feel comfortable with in terms of an overall call. However, I'm going to trust you to make a play in this situation. If he does that more often, 
And Jair is getting beat. Stokes is getting beat. Razul is getting beat. Our guys are just losing. We all got to take it on the chin. Everybody. Everybody that's been running their mouth about Joe Barry needs to be fired. Joe Barry this, Joe Barry that. This is it. If if it's not better, if if they follow through with it and it didn't fix the problem, then we all got to just eat it. So um, those are the two caveats. Are they actually going to do it? And is it actually going to fix anything? But since it's Sunday, game day, positivity day, I'm going to go out on, on a limb here. Because was it yesterday's podcast? Or packing it after dark? I can't remember anymore. But I just said in the last, call it 24 hours, at some point, in fact, I think it's the title <laughs> of yesterday's podcast, Everything is here for the taking for this defense. The turnaround is just sitting there. It's not true of the offense. There isn't just an easy path. There isn't a situation where you look at it and go, oh, oh, this is perfect, right? You know, the, the, a team that has a, a, a bad defensive front, maybe one good corner, you know, whatever, because we're going to spread it out anyway. But as long as they don't have a good defensive line, you know, we can run the ball. The pass rush isn't constantly in Aaron Rodgers' face. We're able to distribute the ball around. We'll, 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 be, we'll be all right. You know, there, there's an opportunity there. That's not the case with the offense. I'm not saying they're not going to have a good day. What I am saying is, that is true of the defense. Really bad offensive line. So the opportunities for pressures are going to be there. And as long as we're not giving up real quick passes, which we have been all year, you can see a spike in the amount of pressures, hits, hurry, sacks. And when you see a spike in hits, hurry, sacks, there's less completions, more stops, longer. You know, if it's if it's on a first down, now it's less likely they're going to get a first down, more likely they're going to be in passing situations, which means they're not going to be getting gashed on the ground as much, which means they're not going to be having long sustained drives, which means we're not going to have a super tired defense. But it also is going to contribute to more pass breakups and interceptions because they're throwing more, because you're going to have to throw further down the field, because you're going to have to throw under pressure, because there's going to be more people in your face, possibly batting balls, possibly errant passes because you're falling backward or whatever the case is. This is where these opportunities come from. I don't see any benefit in playing soft defense. I understand when everything kind of works beautifully, everything's fine. You know, you, you pass everything off great, and then nobody ends up getting open, and then the pressure gets there, and you either get a sack or, or whatever. It still works. And I understand the way that defenses are going now. It's taking away big plays. I, I just, I don't know. I guess my mentality is, is kind of different. And, and maybe it depends on the team you play, a team that'll absolutely gash you deep down the field, where if, if you give them those opportunities, they're going to pick you apart. You know, the, the Vikings maybe with Justin Jefferson would be one that you'd watch out for. Even the the Lions, you know, they maybe could do that. I don't know. But the Chiefs and the 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 Bills, those are teams where it's like, all right, let's let's be careful. Not this week. This week is the week where it's like, let's try to be more aggressive. Let's not worry so much about the big plays. Let's let's actually do exactly what teams do to the Packers and say, I dare you to try that. It works against us and we have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> And here's the thing, predicting the Packers are going to have a really good week defensively um, is saying a lot, considering we've already held two teams to very, very little points, and, and nobody scored a bunch of points on us. 27 points is the most anybody scored. We held Chicago to 10, Tampa to 12, um, and then Minnesota and New England only got 23 and 24. That's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. So when I say the defense is going to have a really good performance, we're looking kind of at like those Chicago and Tampa Bay games. 
sub 20 is certainly the standard. But I think if you really want to show everybody that this is a special defense, that Jair is the best corner in football, Rashawn is the best pass rusher in football, Kenny is one of the best defensive tackles in football, go through that whole list we go through twice a week or twice an episode at this point. If you want to display that to the world against a subpar offense, and that's what they are, if this is going to be the number one defense in football, which there's no reason it can't be, there's no way they should score more than what Tampa Bay got, which is 12 points. So sub-20, it's a good day. It's not, this is an elite, unstoppable defense day, but that's a good day. I mean, in, in 2022, holding an NFL offense under 20 points is a good performance by a defense. Sub-15 is, that was a real good performance. No caveats, just that was, that was awesome. Well done. Sub-10 is, all right, let's, let's, this is, now we're kind of in the conversation. Now we can kind of talk about this is a scary defense because it's talent, but it's also consistency. It's doing what you've done pretty much every game at some point or another, but doing it for four quarters. And obviously, you know, there are injury concerns and things that can happen in a game, but that's kind of, that's kind of the bar that I'm setting. If they score more than 20 points, then it's, then this is, it's below expectations. Sub-20 is fine. Sub-15 is great. Sub-10 is, all right, let's, let's, let's revisit the top five defense conversation. It's just one week, but this is, this is a real nice jump start to that conversation. Now, unfortunately, our offense has just been about as good as our, uh, our defense has allowed. Um, two pretty bad games, 7 and 14. One fairly mediocre slash subpar performance at 22 points, and two mediocre slash slightly better than average performances against um, Chicago and New England at 27 points. Honestly, the most impressive performance is probably 27 points against New England, but that was in overtime. So you only got 24 points in regulation. So I don't know what's the most impressive game here. 27 against Chicago at home, Sunday night football against the Bears. Again, with the expectation based on history set at like 35 points. I don't know. That probably is the best performance, but it's it's nothing super great. And I think we remember it more fondly because they only scored 10. So it was a much more enjoyable game. If it was 27-24, I don't know that we'd remember it quite as fondly. But I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely hope that this is that get-right game that Aaron Rodgers was talking about. If you didn't know, now you know. But I think we're uh, real close to getting this thing going, and hopefully it starts this week. Boom. Real close to getting this thing going, right on the cusp. That's, it's coming together, right? The, the scheme is fine. Aaron Rodgers is fine. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is playing bad football right now. He's making a couple bad decisions, whatever, but that's because things are not working. Things are not in sync. Bad Aaron Rodgers is the guy where he's got a guy open and he just misses. And he's like, what are you doing? That's not this Aaron Rodgers. I think the passes have been largely pinpoint, especially the deeper balls. Some really, really good passes that you see from MVP Aaron Rodgers. I think if we can help a little bit in, certain, in terms of timing and rhythm and everything else, that's, that's what's going to fix this. And again, this is not a bad defense, and I'm worried about the way that they play and their strengths and weaknesses and all that, but this is in Lambeau after a loss against a decent but certainly not elite defense. 
if they can do it, and if the offense can get in sync, this is going to turn around real fast. By the way, I just realized that caller from yesterday that we or that we started the show with today, and I said we need to find a name for the caller from yesterday. I just realized that was Matt Ramage. I didn't, I didn't know that. He had made a comment on Twitter like he called in, and I went and looked, and I'm like, you didn't call in. And then I was like, wait, is that the is that the no name guy? And I listened to it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely him. Sorry, Matt, I didn't recognize. He was doing like a different kind of voicey thing, but it was definitely him. Anyways. If the defense can get in sync and the offense can get in sync this week, the only thing that's going to be insufferable is the amount of people that want to try to pull receipts on Packer fans. I told you. Right, we're all trying to celebrate together. No, 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 you can't come in. You're not allowed in here. I believed and you didn't. You sit out there and suffer. Okay, shut up. But the narrative largely is going to flip. And, and one of the biggest contributors to that is the fact that as I said, there's a lot of bad football going on right now. There's not a lot of just dominant football teams. And so they have a great opportunity, first of all, to take the all-time wins lead in the NFL for the first time ever from the Bears. But, you know, again, you look around at the teams. Dolphins, Jets, Patriots, none of them are really great. Patriots are 2-3. and three. Jets will have just lost to the Packers and fall to 3-3. Three and three. Dolphins lost to the Jets, so there's that. The entire AFC South, in my opinion, is kind of garbage. Texans, Jaguars, Colts, and Titans. The AFC North, I don't know. Maybe the Baltimore Ravens are pretty good, but the Steelers are trash. The Browns are trash. Uh, I don't know if Cincinnati's going to maybe figure it out or not, but they're certainly not a team that you would expect uh, went to the Super Bowl last year. They they just lost to the Ravens, and the Ravens barely beat them 17-19. to I know it's a divisional game, but still. I, I just, you know... Buffalo, Kansas City, Philly. Who else are the powerhouses here? I guess I guess Dallas deserves a lot of credit for what they've been able to do without their starting quarterback. That's pretty impressive. Um, so we can throw Dallas in the mix, I suppose. So, you know, how many good teams are there? It isn't going to take much to immediately catapult yourself back into the top five, top three conversation by simply doing what you very easily can do, which is just dominate the Jets. In fact, I want to look at that for a minute. The week has already started, and it's already started on a high note because the Chicago Bears, who, believe it or not, were, were in competition with the Green Bay Packers, you know, if, if they win that game, but they didn't. But that's not the only potentially good thing that can happen this week. The Minnesota Vikings aren't playing the Chicago Bears again. They're actually playing a halfway competent team. They almost lost to the Bears last week. Now they got to play the Miami Dolphins. I don't know how good the Miami Dolphins are, just like I don't know how good anybody is. And I'm assuming Tua is still out, but that is not a certainty. The, the Vikings are only three-point favorites. It's not in Minnesota this week. In fact, the only game that they actually won handily was the game against the Packers, which is a whole week one thing. But they got blown out by the Eagles. They only beat Detroit by four. They beat the Saints by three. They beat Chicago. That was seven points, but again, Chicago's marching down the field. If the guy just goes out of bounds, there's a chance Chicago comes back and ties it up. You've got the New Orleans Saints, who are technically still competitors. They're at two and three. They're going up against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's three-point favorites. New Orleans might fall to two and four. Tampa Bay gets a cakewalk against Pittsburgh, obviously. And I'm sure, you know, we've also got the refs working for you, so that's, that'll be that. But Arizona and Seattle are going up against each other. Despite all the hype in Seattle, Seattle's only a 2-3 and three team. Arizona, another 
um, thought to be powerhouse in the NFC, is also two and three. So one of these teams is going to go to three and three, while the other goes to two and four. That's a good thing. Buffalo and Kansas City are playing each other. Now it's AFC, but still one of these teams is going to fall. Dallas and Philly are playing each other. It's another great matchup. Do I care who wins? Not really. But if the Packers win and go to four and two, as much as it seems like things are terrible, if Philly wins, Dallas is also going to be four and two. We're going to be ahead of Seattle and Arizona. Assuming the Rams win, they're still going to be just three and three. We're ahead of them. Tampa Bay will be four and two. We'll be tied with them, with us obviously having the tiebreaker. New Orleans at best is three and three. We're ahead of them. Minnesota is either four and two or possibly five and one if they win. But we have a chance to be tied up with Minnesota again. Obviously, huge Dolphins fans this week. And that leaves San Francisco, who's probably going to beat Atlanta, but that's not also a foregone conclusion. If they win, we're tied with San Francisco at 4-2. and two. If the 49ers lose, then we're ahead of San Francisco. So in the NFC North race, all we got to do is win, and we're very much in the running here. There's nobody pulling away from us. Lost two games already early on, and we're still maybe, what, third? I don't know where we would fall with, with Dallas, but it would be Philly, Minnesota, and then what, Green Bay? Maybe Dallas, then Green Bay? Who cares? And again, that narrative is going to flip. But here's the other thing. It doesn't even need to 100% flip because a lot of people are still buying in on us. We'll get to that in just a minute. I want to take a break first. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. If you want to be cool like Jason, who jumped in on Patreon on the 12th a couple days ago, you could be cool just like he is. Also, please do not forget about Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. Not only are you helping a fantastic cause, but for every $5 that you give, you're going to be entered into a giveaway to win a free Quay Walker jersey signed by Quay himself. So please check out Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry at FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. You can only put your marker on one three and two team, the, the Bays, Tampa Green. Which one do you take? Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Which one? Green Bay. You didn't stutter. I do, I, and that's dumb. I feel dumb saying it, but I just don't like the Bucks have to win. There's way more upside in Green Bay. Like that offense can turn into the right thing. I still think they can make a trade. Um, 
I, I think Dobbs can come along even more. I think they can do things differently offensively. I think Aaron can Aaron, Aaron, as bad as it's been around him at times, like some of the things that he's had to deal with early in this, you know, in the year, like you get Watson dropping that ball against the Vikings, you get Dobbs with a fumble in a key spot early in the game against the, the pass. You get all types of young mistakes. Um, I, I, I think the, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and a few of the weapons they have, have more of an upside. And that defense didn't have a great day yesterday, but I, I said this on our, our show, like the Giants, man, a year ago, and this shows you how, how far the Giants have come, we, we would have made this game. Do you know how, good, how big of a story the Giants have to be to not make that game all about the Packers yesterday? <laughs> like, we're talking about the Giants. You know, like, yeah. we're not shocked. We're kind of not shocked. They, they were catching almost 10 points in London, but we're kind of not shocked because they played good football. So, Dable, man, I, I liken the Giants to, like, the, they're like a mini Titans team, man. Like, the Titans athletic quarterback who's probably not going to win you games outright. Um, you've got a, a scrappy group. You're good up front. You've got a generational back and a New England tree coach who doesn't act like Bill. And so, like, there's a lot of similarities in those two programs, and the Titans have done a lot of great things over the last couple of years. I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see Daniel Jones, who, who went from 1.8 turnovers a game down to, like, I think one his second year, down to 0.9 to 0.6 a game now this year, like, can he just be that Ryan Tannehill for them? And uh, somebody asked me to say, are they for real? And I said, define real, because, you know, that's the worst question in the world. Like, define the parameters of what we're talking about. Can they win a playoff game? Yeah. yeah. They, they just beat the Packers. Like, they're, they're solid. So, Packers have a higher ceiling than the Bucks. That defense is going to keep the Bucks in it. Um, they'll be a playoff team, but I think the Packers have a little bit higher ceiling. Yeah, I said uh, earlier in this program, Chris Long, that, uh, that that's a game the Giants lose by 20 last year, not win by five. So long story short, from Chris Long's perspective, or was that Kyle Long? Kyle Long, whatever. Chris Long? I don't know. One of the Longs, the Packers are a team to believe in more than Tampa Bay, and, and part of the equation here is that we're overreacting to a loss to the Giants because we underestimate the Giants. So, I mean, listen, the Packers are walking a very fickle line right now. It's a very, very thin, thin line. And and just to the left of this this almost transparent line, the Packers win, and all of the talk of problems vanish into thin air. On the other side of the line, the Packers either lose or look bad winning narrowly, and we continue down this path of, this is bad. Something is very bad here. There isn't really an in-between. There, there isn't, I mean, I, I, I suppose the difference would be one side looks good, the other side doesn't. If the Packers win 10-0, to well, the defense made some changes, they made some adjustments, and clearly this is an elite uh, team or defense, but... What are we going to do with his offense? Can they get this going? Because then you got to, re- you know what I mean? That, that's, that I guess is the thin part of that actual line. It's the only thing separating the two just basically touching each other and there's nothing being in the middle. And we're going to have an answer on that pretty quickly. And, and the silly thing is there really isn't going to be an answer. The Packers can beat the Jets pretty handily and still end up being a bad team. The Packers can get beat by the Jets and still go on to be a great team. But regardless, it's going to fall one way or the other. And it's going to paint a pretty clear picture for us. It's going to answer a lot of questions. And if nothing else, I'm, I'm really excited to see this defense for what it's supposed to be. And I, I, you know, 
I'm skeptical. I have my doubts. Doubts that, again, there's, there's the two components that they're actually going to do it, and that, number two, it's, it's really going to make that big of a difference. You know, it's not just a coverage thing. You play tighter man coverage. Cool. How does that help you stop the run? <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't. And then if the run gets going, how is that going to stop you from getting gashed on play action? Because the linebackers are biting, and the pass rush is, well, I, I guess that doesn't change. But anyways, uh, final thing that I wanted to do today, um, we're going to turn to Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy for most part of the podcast. I dropped some questions. It's the same questions, the usual questions, the usual suspects. They showed up again. We got hot takes. We got score predictions. And then we got who do you think is going to be the highest graded offensive and defensive player for the Green Bay Packers this week? Why don't we start there? Who do you think is going to be the best players? Highest graded defensive player, Donnie says Jair, as does Aaron. We got uh, two for uh, three for Kenny, Edward, McKenzie, and Roger. One vote, Rashawn Gary from Ronald. And then Aaron says, just because someone has to give the man hope, I'm going Quay. To be fair, those are the three highest, not Quay, graded players on our defense, which I guess is a good sign, right? When the highest graded guys in your team are the ones that you want to be the highest graded guys. Jair is only at a 70, but, you know, time to turn that around, I suppose. And I guess I am leaving out Rudy Ford, who's the second highest, but we'll, we'll leave that alone for now. Quay, unfortunately, the fourth lowest graded, but again, plenty of time to turn that around. Going to be fine. He'll be great. I, I, do, I do really want that. If there's one guy, well, that's not true. If, if, if I could pick one guy to blow up, um, I would probably say Jair. I'm just trying to think which one would, would give me the biggest indication that the day went well. And I'll, I'll go with Jair because we've seen Rashawn have big days. We've seen Kenny have big days, and it didn't necessarily materialize into anything, right? He's wrecking the guy in front of him. He's disrupting the quarterback. But if Jair, if we're freaking out about dude, Jair was a stud. First of all, the, the coverage is, is looking great, which we haven't bragged about the coverage in a long time at all this year, maybe maybe just a long time. I know he got the pick in, against Chicago, so maybe we were bragging then. I don't know. But I just think it would be the best indication that things are going the way that we want them to go. I don't know. Highest graded... Offensive player, Edward and Roger think Rogers. Uh, McKenzie, uh, and I think that's it, say Aaron Jones. John says Romeo Dobbs. Matt says A.J. Dillon. Aaron says Bach is back. Aaron Nelson says Randall Cobb. Ronald says Alan Lazard. Again, kind of the highest graded guys. Randall Cobb is the highest graded, then Aaron Jones, then actually nobody said Elton Jenkins, but he's actually the next highest graded, believe it or not then Aaron Rodgers, then A.J. Dillon, then Alan Lazard. The only guy not in the mix here, David Bakhtiari, which, again, probably surprising to a lot of people. But all very, very good guesses. If I had to pick somebody, Aaron Rodgers is the one. If he has a good day, um, and I know that wasn't the question, who do you want to have? I'm just, I'm adding my own thing here. I guess we could do both. But Rodgers would be the one that I want to do well, for obvious reasons. As far as who I think, I think offensively I would lean on Probably Randall, maybe Lazard. I'm not going to pick the running backs because of the talent along their defensive line. Same reason I'm not picking the offensive line. I'm also not going to pick Romeo Dobbs because I think when when Rodgers' back is against the wall, he's going to lean on Lazard and Randall Cobb. And also, these are pretty good corners. And that's no disrespect to Romeo Dobbs, but with this caliber, he's probably going to see a lot of Sauce Gardner. I don't think raw athleticism is necessarily what's going to win. Um, I think they may have us beat there. 
So it's going to be the guys that you trust the most to follow and execute what Matt LaFleur has built as far as the game plan and as far as the scheme goes. And so um, if I had to pick, I'd say Randall Cobb. So I'm with Aaron on that one. Defensively, give me Rashawn. He didn't get his sack last week. It got taken away from him because of a stupid penalty. Still furious about that. I was so happy he was getting a sack in every single game. Now he's still averaging one because he had two in one game, but that just infuriates me. But I think he has a bounce back, uh, especially in Green Bay. I think the sacks are going to be kind of back up a little bit. You're going to have the noise in the stadium. The defense always does better at home. And uh, Rashawn is just the safest bet anyways because he's the highest graded on the team. So hot takes. Donnie says Packers get three picks. You know, that that sounds like one of those hot takes from like, I don't know, that's a little steep. Let's see if we can just get one. The Packers actually did it twice last year. They did it against Cleveland and they did it against Tampa. And we somehow lost the freaking game. But twice is is really impressive. Seems like that tends to come in spurts. We did it um, twice in 2021, zero times in 2020. Twice in 2019, zero times in 2018 or 17. Twice in 2016, twice in 2015. And then nothing in 14 or 13, twice in 12. And then 2011, one, two, three, four, five, six times in 2011. Three times in 10, a bunch of times in 9, 8. So kind of for a long time we were getting that consistently. It's been pretty patchy since then. But last year, obviously, we had uh, we had two. Off to a rough start now, but. Very, very doable. As as hot takey as it sounds, it's it's really not. Mike, Packers super fan, who is uh, I think taking the Jets this week, says Packers defense allows three passing touchdowns to Wilson. Well, that'd be pretty rough. That'd be the first time this year. Well, technically it's not the first time this year because the game in Detroit was in 2022, but five times last year, three times the year before, and two times the year before that. So it seems to be getting worse. We're due. <laughs> two times, then three times. Then five times, actually, well, six if you count the entire season. That, right? Is that right? One, two, three. No. no, it's five. So it's exponential growth. Could take that as a win for the defense, by the way. Haven't allowed that all year. In fact, there's only been one game where a team had two passing touchdowns. That was week one against Minnesota. Um, Tampa Bay, there's only one passing touchdown. New England only had one passing touchdown. And then zero against Chicago or the Giants. So. Believe it or not, there's only been two passing touchdowns the last four weeks. That's kind of crazy, considering how up in arms everybody is, myself included, about the defense. Two passing touchdowns given up in four weeks. Edward says Dobbs goes off for nine receptions, 139 yards, and three touchdowns. Only one player has really touched that all season, and that's Stephon Diggs. Um, Week two against Tennessee had 148 yards and three touchdowns. No other wide receiver even has three touchdowns in the entire season. So that's one of those hot takes that's a little hot for me. (laughs) I'm not touching that one. That would be the 18th most yards a receiver has gotten this entire year. And that's receiver, not necessarily wide receiver. TJ Hawkinson had 179 yards in a game. That's crazy. (laughs) McKenzie says, uh, hot takes, Savage gets a good PFF grade. That's a little hot for me also. I don't know if I can touch that one. John says Crosby will kick a field goal from 55-plus yards tomorrow. Didn't say he's going to make it or not. That also makes me nervous, the fact that we would need to do that. Because generally, you would punt, right? So either it's like we're going into halftime. That would be the only good situation is we're going into halftime. Like, there's three seconds left. You might as well try it. I guess that's not necessarily true. I don't know. I don't know where his leg's at. If, if they would, if that's, that, It just feels desperate to me, which makes me nervous. Matt says the Packers will combine for 180 rushing yards. 
Well, we got 203 against the Bears and about 200 against uh, the Patriots, so I don't see why not. Aaron says, our defense looks great. Sad that's a hot take. I'll buy it, though. Clayton says, A.J. Dillon rushes for 100 yards and two touchdowns. It's a little more realistic than the wide receiver one. We've had eight people do that so far this season. Um, Let's see, going in order of when it happened. Khalil Herbert, week three, 157 yards, two touchdowns. Jamal Williams actually had 108 yards, two touchdowns. Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Rashad Penny, Derrick Henry, Taysom Hill. 112 yards and three touchdowns in a game against Seattle. Nick Chubb, 134 yards, two touchdowns. Rodgers says, Kenny and Gary pummel the Jets quarterback. Is that a hot take? I guess it is. I like it. And then finally, Ronald says, Packers have a receiver crack 100 yards in a game. We've had that. I know Lazard had it. Randall actually just had 99 last week. Dang. Yeah, Lazard was uh, 116 in week four. Sammy Watkins is real close week two with 93. I don't I, I haven't heard anything about that guy. I'm hoping he kind of comes back soon. Week two against Chicago, four targets, three receptions, 93 yards, 80.7 overall grade, and then poof, vanish. Anyways, finally, we got the uh, score predictions. Donnie says Packers 28, Jets 13. Um, I think we'd have to put that in. We calling that a get right? I think that's a good right. The only thing that's kind of throwing me off a little bit is that they're they're in that like good category you know like 28 is a good amount of points 13 is i guess real good i don't know i'm i'm, I'm being great i i just want to see the three i just want to see 30 30 to 13 you sold me boom done crushed it 28 28 annoys me there's too many like 27 28 games just just push it into the 30s and then then you got me sold uh packer super fan mike says 27 17 uh, Barry makes minimum changes, so defense struggles. Offense regression with loss of Watson, so he's saying Jets win 27-17. Edward says 34-31, to 31, so kind of going the other direction. The offense gets on track. The defense really struggles. That would be a major indictment to every single Packer fan <laughs> who made a lot of recommendations that apparently went completely sideways. McKenzie uh, Packers win 20 to 17. That kind of feels like the game that we're all sort of expecting where it's real close and we all just kind of go, well, that sucked. And although we should be happy with 17 points, I'm sure we'll find some reason to be upset with the Packers defense. It'll probably be that they gave up three points in the first half and then gave up two touchdowns and almost lost the game in the second half where the Packers, you know, probably got 20 in the second quarter. At least that's what it's been all year. So that's kind of what we're expecting. Here we go. John Lamming says, 35-19 Packers. I'm good with that. 19 is not, dang, this is an elite defense kind of thing. But again, anything sub-20 in this era, although this specific year in this era is offenses suck at football for some reason. But we're going to pretend that this is still the same high-flying you know, offense that it's always been at least the last, what, 20 years? 30 years? So that would be that would be in the get-right category for sure, in my opinion. With, with some sort of note that there's still room for growth for the defense but overall happy Aaron Miller 2017 pack um not the most confident about it either so again kind of in that McKenzie category Packers 23 Jets 13 again defense you feel good about it offense eh. which is kind of where I'm leaning if 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 they make the changes and if things go well I'm kind of sensing maybe not even like a a 1913 or a, a 2013 kind of a game Roger Davis, 24-14. That's not even that bad. It doesn't seem that great, 
but that would be fine. It's a 10-point win, and it's a 10-point win where no side of the ball kind of did a bad job. Again, in my mind, 24 is dead average. So if the offense gets to 24 and you win by 10, to me, that's, that's still solid. Not what you want. It's not like, dang, the offense is looking good, but that's a, that's a win you can feel good about. Finally, Ronald, 30-20 to 20 Packers. Again, very similar category, almost the exact opposite of what Roger did, though. That's one where the defense you look at and go, room for improvement, but I can't complain about you know holding them to 20. Again, in this era of football, 20 points is, is fine. And then 30 points from the offense is, is just cracking that, that 30 category. It's a big deal. So I'd be fine with that as well. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that uh, before I find a way to do a negative tangent. I'm not about to. I'm just saying I, I did good today, and I don't want to go that route. 